This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm your radio, radio show. I'm your radio, radio show. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It's myself, Nile, and Andrea Cleary here as ever for episode 241. Welcome along to this gentle flowing episode <laughs> all about the Irish albums of the year as nominated by the Choice Music Prize. We're going to get into these 10 albums that were nominated this year with a music writer and journalist, Sophia MacDonald. But before we do, Andrea, how are you? I'm good, Niall. How are you? Lovely. Lovely. Lovely to hear it. Lovely to hear. All good. Yeah. So the albums are the things that we are interested in in terms of the Choice Music Prize. But obviously there are now other categories along with that. Mm. The U2 uh, Actung Baby was announced. Uh, that 1991 album was announced as the Irish Classic Album of the Year winner. So that'll be awarded on the night on March 7th in Vicar Street, which apparently is now sold out, that uh, live event. So it'll be interesting to see. There's the Irish Song of the Year a lot of these, the main category for us, if in case you're not aware, is the Irish Albums of the Year. That's because it's solely chosen by the judges, where the other categories, like Irish Song of the Year, are chosen half by judges or half and half by a public vote. Mm-hmm. So a the Song of the Year is completely a public vote. And the award, the nominees in that include Hosier, Seema, Jazzy, 
John Francis Flynn, Kojak, Niall Horan, Soda Blonde, Langham, and Keen Ducrow and Chubby Cat. And then there's Irish Artists of the Year, which is Keen Ducrow, C Matt, Hosier, Jazzy, and Langham. I think that is a judged award. And then the Breakthrough Artists of the Year, which is 49th Main, Jazzy, John Francis Flynn, Oxen, and The Scratch. So those are the other awards. There's also a Conversation Strand, which takes place earlier that day in BIM for. Anyone who wants to register uh, can come between uh, noon and 4.15. But I guess being in BIM, it means that it's probably more towards uh, students of music, not just BIM students. But Connor Bryan from Villagers is doing a keynote interview. And then there's talk about the music lawyer aspects of music um, and breaking through and then the future of music. So a panel of experts across Europe discuss how AI is changing the industry in real time. We've mm-hmm. already done that podcast for now. We may revisit it again. But, uh, I'm sure but we yeah. will. <laughs> we will indeed. But let's dip into our main topic of the episode, uh, which is the Irish Alms of the Year, nominated in the Choice music price okay it is time for our running the rule over the 10 choice albums of the year for 2023 it's a big, strong list, I think, this year. It's myself and Andrea, of course, and Sophia McDonald is here. How are you, Sophia? Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for coming on. As a previous choice judge as well, we thought you might be a good person to talk to because I think other people maybe don't understand sometimes about like how an award like this is given. And from your perspective, then, you did it, was it two years ago? Yeah, it was two years ago. So that would have been, what, 2022 prize, I 2022, think? yeah, yeah. Um, so the year that CMAT won it um, yeah. was my year, yes. And yeah, again, it was a very strong year that year. There was a lot going on in terms of debate of a first album, second album. We had Fontaine's GC coming in really strong that year as well. So there was a there was a lot of debate, let's say, um, mm. around that year. But again, a lot of open discussion. Were you surprised about the direction that the ultimate winner went, or or in terms of the the final mix? Because I think the years I've done it, I've always been surprised. You're like, I mean, it was a while ago now, but I remember like one of the albums that was in was a Lisa Hannigan album, and I was like, oh, surely this is going to be in the top three in for contention, and it was immediately like gone from the list. And you're like, whoa, okay, didn't expect that to happen. So you can kind of be confounded by that. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, but going into it, I had see Matt in mind, definitely. And, you know, she was one of my top that I had that year. Just looking back, uh, we had Dermot Kennedy and Keen Crow up at the top there as well. And like, I knew them from before, but I think they were fairly out of out of contention pretty soon. Mm. But it was a very it was a really nice mixed bag. It, it did feel a little bit more mixed than, say, this year. But um, some of the albums were definitely discounted very early on. But it was it was good to see uh, the diversity that we had that year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it really depends on who's in the room as well as as judges. You know, you could have how many judges are there? Like 10? I think it's 10 altogether, is it? Or is it an uh, yeah. is it an uneven number? I think it's an uneven number, isn't it? I think it is. Four. Can't remember. But anyway, um 11, yeah. 11. 11. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So you could have 11 people in the room, but 11 different people 
from different parts of the industry would pick an entirely different album. So it's 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 always really interesting in the room kind of seeing who people are batting for, who people have less interest in and like what their background is and what their like wh- where in the industry they work. So people who might have more, you know, exposure to artists like Dermot Kennedy, like uh, working in kind of more popular spheres might go to bat for an album like that, whereas other people who are kind of writing more about like rock music or rap music are like really this you know so it's it's very very interesting like when when you get in the room and you kind of see the surprises and you're like oh I thought you'd go for this album but you've gone for this album and yeah it's a lot of fun it's a great experience to do the choice prize yeah well this year's judges actually is an interesting one because there is one two three four five six um radio judges mm-hmm. as in judges who work primarily in radio and then after that it's mostly uh, online or freelance journalists mm-hmm. uh, district and other voices as well is in there so it's it's heavily weighted towards uh, radio actually which is could be you know it's beat 102 it's today fm 2FM, 8 Radio, RT Radio 1, BBC Radio Ulster. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out ultimately because I always find it hard to predict really. You're like, no, surely this one's going to win. And some, and most of the time you're like, well, that one didn't win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think it's been a bit more easier to predict. I think last year, um, I think the CMAT album was was a, a front runner for yeah. sure. And, and there has been albums in the past where you're like, okay, I feel like this has a really good chance of winning, like the for those I love records, the Langham records, previous one, yeah, yeah, like two thousand and eighteen, two thousand seventeen, when O Emperor and Ships won it, maybe a bit more surprising mm-hmm. those years for those winners, and and it became that kind of thing where people were like, well, we don't know what's going to win, so it's kind of not that it's course corrected, but it's been a bit bit easier to predict this Mm. year so I think part of that is because so many artists from Ireland have had like more international success in the past number of years yeah like if you look at CMAT if you look at Lancome even if you look at like the murder capital if you look at who else won like for those I love the now the like international success isn't supposed to influence anybody's decision making on the night or anything but I mean of course you know, seeing an an artist being talked about, you know, on BBC Radio 6 or doing a BBC Sounds or being written about in The Guardian or in Pitchfork or something. Of course, that's going to have a little bit of an influence and make an artist kind of seem a bit more like they're a front runner, you know. So it, that's that's been interesting to note in, in, in the past kind of, you know, three, four years that we have had a lot of like very, very successful exports from the country, despite radio not like Irish radio not really paying much attention to them it's like it has been like the BBC picking up a lot of Irish artists you know yeah I have to agree on that one as well like even the list when I first saw it of the the short list I was surprised that I knew nearly everyone Mm. on the list like sometimes you look at it and you think okay I know about four or five of these but I've no idea who the rest of them are Mm. but already I was like okay well Lancome has had some hype around their album has done quite well over in the UK. Obviously, CMAT has her Brit Award yeah. uh, nomination as well, which is massive. She's kind of blown up, over, particularly over the last six months or so. So, it, yeah, it does definitely fall into your thoughts yeah. when, you're talk- when you're thinking about them. That They're like, OK, well, they're, 
reaching a larger audience. They're probably getting radio play over in the UK. They're making their mark with US tours. Mm. So, yeah, I think this more exposure to these people definitely gives you a bit more of a guidance, um, particularly when choosing a winner. Something very interesting about the choice prize. I would have not seen it referenced kind of internationally, I don't think, until the past number of years. Like I was listening to the CMAT episode of Off Menu and when they were introducing her, they introduced her as a choice prize winning, like a choice prize album of the year winner. And I was like, it's so funny to hear like people in the UK kind of talk about the choice prize, but you do see it in write-ups about Lancome. Like we're starting to see it be kind of recognised as a bit of a nod, particularly with UK publications and with the BBC, that they are looking to who is nominated for the Choice Prize now. And they're looking at who is winning the Choice Prize and sort of maybe using that as a gauge for like who to, you know, or even just get getting these albums like on their desks, you know. And I I feel Mm. like, you know, in the 2010s and earlier, maybe there just wasn't as much kind of international or UK interest in the album that wins the Irish album of the year as I think there has been in the in the past few years, you know. So that's great, you know. Sure. Well done, RT. <laughs> there is, has been some like genuine attempts at like engagement with UK industry and stuff like that with the conversation series and the culture of inviting people over. Mm. So there has been a more direct engagement with like international media yeah. around the Choice Music Prize in previous years, which is probably meant that people are aware of it. It's a bit like, for me, I often think about the Polaris Music Prize in Canada, where it's like, you'll hear about it. You may not know what the album is. You may not have heard it, but it might give you a cause to go and uh, check it out. Mm. Or, you know, you'll see it on press releases and all that kind of stuff. So it is a marker of something that's happened. It's obviously very useful for an artist to include somewhere on their press releases and stuff like that. But yeah, beyond that, it does seem to have that kind of cachet now, which is nice to see. I think as well, I think worth saying, and we'll try and stick to this because it is easy to talk about like the critical and, you know, public successes of these bands and how they're doing. But, you know, I know... When you do it previously, when you judge these awards, you are kind of told it's on the album only. You're not supposed to refer to anything else, whether their tours is really successful, what their live show is like, um, which is kind of hard a lot of times for people who are engaging with it who aren't in that room because they're like, well, they were the best band on the night, so why didn't they win kind of thing? But it's like Mm. the judges are locked away in a room who don't get to see, generally don't get to see much of the live performances on the night in Vicar Street. And therefore that's not a consideration and you're not supposed to consider any of the other things in terms of whether they were previous winners. And we do have two previous winners on this list anyway. So let's talk about, here's the 10 albums that we're going to discuss and then we'll take them one by one. So first is Green Chatton, Chaos for the Fly, We've got CMAT, Crazy Mad for Me, John Francis Finn, Look Over the Wall, See the Sky, Kojak's Phantom of the Afters, Lancome, False Lancome, Rachel Lavelle, Big Dreams, Soda Blonde, Dream Big, The Murder Capital, Gigi's Recovery, The Scratch, Mind Yourself, and Ezra Williams, Supernumeraries. So a wide enough range of stuff there. Is there, I guess... I'm going to ask now. I said I was going to ask at the end, but we'll ask now. Was there anything missing for you, uh, Sophia, on this list that you thought might be there? For me, it was, I think I was thinking of maybe Lisa O'Neill would be something. I expected Lisa O'Neill to be in there, but maybe or something like a hosier to maybe make it in there because of 
he's a big international artist and it's mm. that kind of thing and you're like well people love him so mm. yeah I think Hosier was the definite one for me that I that was missing here because like obviously he's a very big international act he's very well known like he might not be an artist who necessarily needs this award so maybe that was part of the decision making process here but that album really as a concept album to do with all the Greek mythology that he used I'm sorry Dante's Inferno that he used for it the concept of it was fantastic the production of it his voice is just getting smoother and smoother and um, with every album as well I really I, I I know that it might not feel fair in a way that he obviously that he's very successful and he has the support of everything. So he has the means to go into studios and, and have certain engineers and certain producers and everything. But again, it's still his heart and his mind that's at the at the core of it. And I think it's it's such a beautiful album that I, I really think having some home recognition, even if it's just being on the shortlist, would have meant a lot to him. Mm. But yeah, I think it was definitely something that was missing, particularly since there's some albums on this that do kind of lack concept and lack a theme or lack a way of linking songs and themes and tones together mm. i think the hosier was a, a bit of a gap here yeah okay hold that thought and andrea what about you is there anything on that you think was missing i i agree i mean i i i wasn't as taken by the hosier record but i do i, I do agree that the production on it was fantastic and i just enjoy his voice i enjoy listening to him sing more than i enjoy listening to his songs <laughs> do you know what i mean but I think for me, um, one that I would have liked to see on it, not not necessarily one that I feel like is a glaring omission or anything, was the Tandem Felix record from last year, which I thought was really, really strong. I thought it was a really good second record, really good follow up to the debut. And I was just kind of hoping to see it. It was just an album that I, I, I listened to a good bit last year. But beyond that, I mean, I think I... I think it's it's kind of nearly on the money otherwise in terms of expectations I was maybe a bit surprised that the scratch got in but otherwise everyone that I see there I, I'm like yeah yeah and maybe as Ezra Williams as well kind of the surprise sort of I hadn't yeah, heard that I, album, I did so. a prediction in advance and I think I got seven or eight of these and Ezra Williams and the scratch were definitely two I didn't predict yeah in there and maybe Green Chatton as well was the other one and there were also very strong albums from Bell X One last year, the Male album, uh, David Kitt. There was mm-hmm. another Martin Hayes ensemble, very similar in, in tone to a previous winner, actually, with the gloaming and his project before. So there are other ones. And then for me personally, which I, it was never going to make it in, but the Natalia Bayless record, the kind of ambient producer, kind of about the old keyboard found in a in a, a skip in Leitrim is a, a great record. There's your concept, Sophia. I didn't think it was really feature. Yeah. 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 Leitrim. <laughs> Leitrim skip. That's where you find yeah. all your ideas. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's go into the first album, yeah. which is Green Chat and Chaos for the Fly. I'll play a bit of a song from it and then we'll come back and discuss. Words, they fail me now And I have seen it all And I have no
So that was Green Chatting. Album is called Chaos for the Fly. Obviously, Green Chatting is the lead singer of Fontaine's DC, and this is the debut solo album from him. Andrea, would you like to say anything about uh, Green <laughs> Chatting and Chaos for the Fly? Oh, my thoughts are known by now. I mean, <laughs> look, <laughs> look, I'm not a fan of Fontaine's DC, and I think the main reason I'm not a fan of Fontaine's DC is because I just I don't get along with Green Chatting's voice, and it's. It's, it's you know at this stage I'm like it's nothing personal <laughs> but I just I don't I don't get along with his voice I I think there's a there's a real lack of dynamics that makes it very hard for me to connect emotionally to what it is that he's singing about um so I went into this album very recently uh have only had you know two listens to it so I'm not going to say too much about it. Pleasantly surprised. The song that you just played there, Niall, is called... Last Time, Every Time Last Time, Every Time Forever. That was the song to me that actually stood out on the album because I really like the instrumentation on that. I like the production on it. I like everything about it except for the vocals, really. And I think there's 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 a little bit of kind of in the instrumentation, something kind of Arctic Monkeys about it as well, which I liked. But I... The thing that I do like about Fontaine's DC, and I know this isn't a Fontaine's DC album, is generally what the band are doing. So I sort of, I I miss them here. So for me, this this isn't an obvious winner for me anyway, in terms of just looking at the rest of the list. But if I was in the room, I think this would be an early oust for me. I just didn't find anything in this that welcomed me into the green chatting universe in a, in the way that maybe the Fontaine's DC's second album was a little bit more welcoming to me, do you know? But that's, you know, the listeners will not be surprised that I wasn't taken by this album. Um, listeners to the podcast because they know my feelings, but it's it's really nothing personal. I'm sorry, Green. <laughs> Sophia, Let's do have you have coffee. any strong feelings about the Fontaines <laughs> or Green Chatton? Well, for sake of um, balance, I love... No, I'm only messing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have as many, let's say, strong opinions about Fontaines DC. I did think their second album or their Skinty Fia album, which is the third, I think, was was very good very very good this album is a very bizarre album to me again his voice is i think a very particular taste mm. that you have to kind of like or he's a marmite voice yeah essentially and um, you either get it or you don't like it at all i think it could in the room it could be a bit of a dark horse because i think as a debut solo album it, it did do well mm. the production is is good but I think there was just something a little off beat or off time like in the first uh, in the opener the score there's a kind of an 808 drum machine that comes suddenly in and that, that kind of really thr- throws off the the rest of the the track but I think the kind of monotonous tone to his voice is kind of hypnotic as well okay. it kind of draws you in the more that you're you're in it and then suddenly he's talking about Bob's Casino which sounds like a really weird Wild West Country song yeah that'll be my favourite song on the album now yeah it's it, it really kind of threw me off because again he has this kind of folkloric undertone to it like it's kind of nostalgic in a way but it's it's not very traditional sounding and then suddenly it's you're in the wild west mm-hmm. i was very confused by this but yeah it wouldn't be a front runner for me but i do think it was a, a good shot uh, at a debut first album 
Does it matter, you think, that the Fontaines have never won this in terms of the album award and then Green Chatton's up for this? Or is this kind of just a continuation of that as well? How much of this is because Green Chatton is in the Fontaines? I think there's obviously going to be some connection given. Like, I think there is going to be some comparison between the the Fontaines' work and, and Green's solo stuff. I do, I did get the feeling that this was Fontaine's DC cutting floor like this is the leftovers maybe that Green wants to pursue on his own so there are bits and pieces that do sound very Fontaine's e, but again don't feel fully developed so it I don't I don't think it's going to come into too much discussion I think if this was a very if a, a stronger album then maybe yes but I think because it's it's kind of middle of the road for me I don't think so yeah uh, for myself I think Chaos Weather for the Fly is better than I expected it would be I think it also it lies it has a lot of um, flatness to it it's, it's very flat I find I think it does under it does underscore his voice in terms of being a bit lacking and with this, I don't mean this as an unfavorable comparison, but he does remind me of Ian Brown sometimes, and that may not be. Loads of people love Ian Brown, and I like Ian. Brown I like Ian Brown, but he has not got tone to his voice, and he's not got. He can feel quite monotonous, like you say. So that uh, level of monotony is sometimes that you can feel in the voice if the music isn't matching it. And here, the music is very much settled into this very nice very kind of generally polite, very seasoned session playing backing. Bob's Casino, we mentioned, is definitely a bit of an Arctic Monkey style uh, ripoff. I love, I actually love the backing vocals in this, which I have meant to check. I think it's his, his girlfriend. They're not listed Beyonce, on the credits, think, sadly. Yeah. Beyonce, yeah. So not listed on the credits, but I remember at the time going, oh, that, that's a really lovely voice that comes in there. Yeah. Um, And then there's a song like All of the People, which is just one of those like bitter I'm a pop. I'm. I've done quite well now, and peop, I don't trust anyone's songs, <laughs> and it's hard to relate to. And then I think after that, the there's the first few songs quite are are really quite pleasant and nice. The score I actually do like a lot, and then I think towards the end it really just drifts off a bit into not very memorable. So I think you know. As a debut solo endeavor, while why can't these lads take a break? Why can't they just have a rest? They're working on the next album again now. Like they're working on yeah, the fourth I'm Fontaine's sure. album now at the minute. So apparently, yeah. I mean, it could be a Fontaine's album now this year in the year of our Lord twenty twenty four. So that'd be their fourth album. Yeah, that's too many albums. He for just a band really wants to win. He <laughs> wants to win so bad. He's like album every year until I get the choice yeah. award. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great and chatting. Chaos for the Fly up next is uh, CMAT. And this is the album called Crazy Mad for Me. The second album from the Irish country pop global superstar uh, who is about to become that, really, it seems. Here's Stay for Something. You told me that you play guitar And knew that you would lie if the time said it But you could play my heart It took a couple weeks you were shredding Cause I had to stay for something I had to stay for something good 
Okay, probably our most discussed artist on the podcast last year <laughs> it is uh, CMAT. And the year before. <laughs> and the year before. <laughs> and every yeah, year and, until the end. Until and another artist who, who's, who did not stop after the first album and just went straight into album two and made this album, I think, wrote this album and, and recorded it seemingly while she was on tour. Mm, and things have only just got bigger for her since then. Um, obviously, you mentioned the, uh, the Brit Award nominee uh, in the same category as Kylie in Best International Artist, isn't it? So it's not even and like Beyonce. Best, yeah, and Beyonce, Beyonce and Dua Lipa and all these other people. Oh. Are like, it's not even like Best New Artist. It's like Best International Artist. It's unbelievable. She's already made it. So so what's going on here? So what's going on here? But look, I think this is a, a very obvious front runner. But here is the problem. I know you're not supposed to consider what happened last year. But she did give the best award outcome possible last year by winning the award rightly for the album, her first album, and then sending out the drag queen to give it the greatest speech of all time at the Choice Music Prize. So she's already given us too much in terms of the choice. So where does this, where is this going to land? I can't talk about CMAT enough. I want to start a CMAT podcast. (laughs) This is, not only did she follow up with I think one of the best second albums that you can make because obviously there's a bit of a curse with the second album especially if the first one was so successful this I think I think she could do it I think she could do it again I think she could (laughs) snatch the choice award by (laughs) by the hair and just take it again I really think this is it's so well produced the songwriting has gotten even better which I didn't think could happen, particularly with the first album being obviously so strong. The emotional heart to it, the fact that this is obviously about a relationship that happened before. And she's, you know, she's been very smart in how she's communicated that. I think everyone can take what they can from that album, um, but obviously get what she went through and how she's made some of the best pop music about a breakup that has ever come out of Ireland. Mm. And I will stand by that statement when someone quotes me on this probably in 10 years time. But I I cannot praise this enough. I've listened to it umpteen times. I I am a stan. See, Matt, if you're listening, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's two for two anyway, uh, Andrea. You're the same. I hated it. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I to- totally agree. Like, cannot talk about Seema enough. Just think that. So initially, um, when when we first reviewed this album, I was scared going into this album because the first album really, really meant so much to me. It was one of those albums that I had like a really strong emotional connection with, as well as just appreciating its musicality and and what a brilliant songwriter she is. And then with the second album, I was kind of scared going into it. So I I wasn't giving it like the time or something and it didn't hit with me until maybe my second or third listen. And then when it hit, it really all hit at once. And I was like, oh my God, like she has, you know, she has done it again. Like, you know, (laughs) just it's like the songs on like California, uh, like what an amazing opening track you know kind of following up from the f- the first album using like a place name like she had Nashville on, on the f- opening the first album she California on this one I really hope she keeps that going hopefully we'll get a Dunboyne County County Mead on the, t- on the third album you know um but I mean so the 
the pop songs on this record, Where Your Kids Tonight, Phone Me, Stay For Something, Have Fun, are all pop songs that I just think d- d- deserve like so much radio play. We deserve to get sick of these songs. Like we deserve to have these songs like really, really embedded in our minds. And then, but for me, it's songs like Such A Miranda, Rent, particularly Such A Miranda and Rent, like those two together, there was something about when when they hit me, I kind of understood the heart of the record and I understood what it was that it was actually communicating to me and saying to me. And I just, I love it so much. It's definitely my most played album from this list from last year, but it, it was also like really, really up there in terms of she was like one, one of my most played artists on Spotify last year. I love her. I I just really, really, really love her. And I would love to see her win it again. Like if like no one's ever won two years in a row. She's already, you know, defying expectations in terms of what Irish pop music is, what popular music is, what country music is, what it means to make it out of Ireland. She's just she's already like smashing through so many barriers. And I don't see why this is another one that she can't just come in, Mm. as you said so brilliantly, snatch it by the hair and leave and then just go off, make the third album and like really, you know, make it into like international, like superstardom. I mean, I, I'm, God, God, it'd be great if she won the Brit. I, I'm not sure about that yet, oh. but can you <laughs> imagine? You, imagine? No. you know, I wonder could if you, you could imagine? put a bet on that. I'd love to put a bet on that one. Can you imagine how embarrassed as a country we would be if she won the Brit and she didn't win the pro- the <laughs> choice? Like, we need to think about that, judges. <laughs> yeah, but she's won the choice before, so. But grand. you know, yeah, it's like we called it before the Brits. We did, yeah. we did call it. Yeah, we we we, we were once. right. But um, but yeah, I I I love this album. It is, it's absolutely my winner, no doubt about it. But don't be cowards. <laughs> we know how we. F- I'll feel on it. Um, I love it too, but I do think she shouldn't win it because only to add to the origin story of album three that she has a slight level of disgruntlement. Not all of these people agree in chat and level of disgruntlement. We don't want that. We don't. You want, want a bit of anger for Sima on the next album. A bit of just oh, yeah. a bit of hit back yeah, of the industry. <laughs> a bit of rage. A bit of a bit of like mm, yeah okay. I wanted to right. call her I third album. There. Fuck you, Ireland. You were wrong. <laughs> 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 I feel like she's too patriotic for that. She is, yeah, she loves us. This, I, if anything, she's going to say, fuck the Brits, you were wrong with the internet best international <laughs> yeah. pop star of the year award. That's, that's the third album. Okay, okay. that's see Mad Crazy Mad for me. Up next is John Francis Flynn, over the, Look Over the Wall, See the Sky. Here is a bit of the song Kitty. Down to rot in the prison It's far better to part Though it's hard to Down to rot in the prison So softly he kissed her pale lips Twas the same story over and over Hush morning, the police are watching 
That's John Francis Flynn. Album is Look Over the Wall, See the Sky. His second album as well. And he's a Dublin folky. This album takes a bit more of a contemporary twist than his debut record. Again, out on River Lee, which is a sub-label of Rough Trade. And I love this album. I think it's one of those ones that shows real progression from album one. And I love that it takes really old traditional songs. There are songs like The Zoological Gardens, and Dirty Old Town specifically, but also others, old American folk songs and also songs popularized by the Pogues that are in here that he does really wonderful, interesting, kind of like modern, weird, abstract things with them in in a folk vein. So I think this is a a very strong album as well. So Mm. Sophia, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think once I was kind of listening to all the albums together, this is what I would put into the Battle of the Trad subgroup mm. of of the Choice Awards this year. Um, you have John Francis Flynn, Lancome and The Scratch, even parts of the Murder Capital could kind of be pushed in there as well. There's, yeah, there's this kind of real patriotic part of me that comes out when I hear these types of songs and he has such a, a beautiful voice that has such a Shannos undertone to it that kind of lulls you into wanting to fight for Ireland there's just <laughs> such a <laughs> such an anger that comes up in me when I hear all uh, when I hear that that type of voice but yeah I really enjoyed the like experimental parts of it that are mixed in with the traditional there seem to be kind of electronic experimental staticky noises that come in and kind of sonically displace everything a little bit which which kept it alive for me but if it really did feel like I was just rediscovering like an old Irish lament I really enjoyed the Within a Mile of Dublin cover by the Dubliners that was my highlight from the album that really it really just got me going <laughs> got the blood going yeah. and so yeah it's it's a very I think I think it's a very strong album I don't know if it's going to get the support purely because it is on the alt folk side of things mm. and and maybe lacks what the the kids would call bangers um, so we'll see uh, Mold the Ground's a banger I guess but yeah I agree I think I think if, if if you are a kind of an alt folk fan in the room that night there is another choice that might be a bit more obvious in terms of albums you know but um, yeah d- there is definitely a battle of the trad here I agree uh, with both of you I really really enjoy this album the more I listen to it the more I want to listen to it I still feel like I kind of haven't scratched the surface with it and I have had a a, a good few listens to it um it's a nice it's a nice one to listen to if you're in a kind of a contemplative space like it really invites you in it's really I, I I don't find anything alienating about it at all and I'm I'm not someone who's you know very versed in traditional Irish music or traditional songs. I didn't really grow up in a in a house that listened to a lot of the pogues or, you know, like that's that sort of vein of like Irish music. But I still find this very inviting. And, and I think it is that sort of the modern element in it that Lancome do as well so well that I find I can find a lot of way, ways into this. And I mean, the main way into this album is is his voice. Like it, it is just undeniably captivating. You believe every word he's singing as though he's written it himself. It's 
just it's so just beautiful to listen to as well and you're right Sophia like it really does lull you it's it's a very kind of he's a very calming presence on this no matter what it is that he's singing about and it does feel like you're you're in safe hands on this album I think it's really lovely do I think it'll take it no I don't think so I think that the the folk fans as I said have another more obvious choice but I think in, in a year where Lancome weren't nominated, I think this would be the front runner in terms of the Battle of the Trad. But it's a lovely record. It really, really deserved to be nominated. And I mean, if, if he did snatch it in a surprise victory, I wouldn't be at all annoyed about that. I think it's a, it's a beautiful album. And uh, we're not supposed to talk about comparing it to other albums, but I do, I, I did enjoy this one more than his debut. Was his debut not nominated the first time around? I don't I know. I don't remember. Actually, I don't see it here. 2021. So that was the year you did it, I think, Sophia, in terms of album. It wasn't on my list, maybe the year before, potentially. Um, yeah, I can't see it here. That's interesting. I thought it was. No, I don't think I thought it was nominated. But anyway, I think it is definitely warranted a nomination. He's establishing a really interesting mode of interpretation of old folk songs, which is different than what Lancome do. So we'll get to that shortly. Mm. But I think on his own, he's doing very interesting things with tape loops and uh, more experimental stuff that is very clearly still trad and folk music and using those old songs and uh, finding something new in them. So I think I'm always excited by that. I'm always excited about the idea of of finding something new in something so old. Mm. So uh, that's John Francis Flynn. Look over the wall, see the sky. Up next is Kojak with Phantom of the Afters. Afters. This is the second full-length album proper from the dumb rapper after uh, not including Delhi Daydreams, which technically is a mixtape, but also is an album. So mm. anyway, this is the closing track from that album featuring Sammy Copley. Heaven Shouldn't Have You from Kojak's Phantom of the Afters. Heaven shouldn't have you. Should I be so candy? I don't feel abandoned I got love around me But this isn't Kansas Nah, this isn't Kansas Feel like I abandoned People in my family Hope you know I love you I call you when I've landed I just couldn't stand it All this stress around me Nah, I couldn't stand it Shouldn't have you Heaven shouldn't have you 
That's Heaven Shouldn't Have You, the closing track from Kojak's album featuring the voice of Sammy Copley. This is, as I said, the second album. You were talking about, Sophia, about themes and and uh, albums that are, are built around the theme. This one has a theme, right? It's it's very much like, I mean, it's an, maybe, it actually speaks a lot to a lot of modern Irish people's experiences, you know, modern young people's Irish experiences of moving abroad and looking back on your culture and your identity as an Irish person. Yeah, and I think that's what one of the many things I enjoyed about this album. This, this I think, is another one of my front runners. I really think it's between Kojak and CMAT for me. That the the closer on that one made me cry the first time that I listened to it. This, the only the only album that made me cry was Kojak's, <laughs> so he has that trophy from me. But yeah, I think it was because I, I personally I relate to this very deeply in terms of the tale of emigration and just the relationships that you try and build once you've left home and it, how it could be. I think even still as an Irish person abroad, it's a very unique experience because there's so much history. And you probably have relatives and friends who've done the same thing. So, again, there's so much heart in this that it kind of hit, hits you like a ton of bricks. And again, the concept of it runs right the way through. I don't I really don't think there's any dips. There's no lulls on this album. It really is great, great track after great track. His collaborations on this album are absolutely stunning he's has big pig on here he has wiki for johnny McEnroe, which is i think one of my most played songs of the year last year uh, and then what if with charlotte dos santos as well of course sabi copley at the end it it really it just i think it, it, it encapsulates an irish album what it means to be a really hard-working musician i think he got dropped there was some sort of label trouble before this album as well so i think he, he to even push through that and create something like this really uh, hands down uh, again so full of praise for it i i really think he would he deserves this a, a, a lot mm. heavily <laughs> on a lot underlined bold italics <laughs> deserves this a lot and i do think it built off town is dead mm. and even deadly daydreams which was you know a stunning kind of debut in itself it has accumulated to this album which i think is is really a really high quality yeah i think this album is really strong it's very strong i think originally i kind of i kind of went off it a little bit after a while because i felt like and i don't think it was i think it was possibly unfair and i say gone off it i mean like i didn't think this was going to win or because i just it's the townstead was such a statement such a, a incendiary like brilliant brash thing this is a little more settled in what it is and that's not necessarily a bad thing but I was kind of thinking of it as maybe a bad thing but the songs are pretty undeniable but again I think it probably just lacks those big, that big moment that big song that big thing which like Townstead where it was like built on the Gilliband sa- uh, song and about you know bringing you know that thing about you know something that's so prominent in in our discussions about Irish culture and Dublin culture about you know how how things are going for young people in Ireland and Dublin and the city and all that kind of stuff and there's less of that certainly as someone who hasn't moved away I can still identify with this because I can identify with uh, his discussions about identity and how he deals with that and I think that's really interesting as well but yeah, I think it probably just lacks one or two. I love that song with Wiki as well, mm. but I think it just lacks just something. But it is, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of songs. 
it's not as cohesive perhaps as Daddy Daddy's because it's longer. Maybe it's a bit long. Maybe it's got a few too many songs on it. Be the only thing. But I do love, I love that stuff so much about the opening and Jackie taking the soup and the Jackie Dandelion being this character that he embodies, which is based on this punch magazine caricature of, of an Irish person. I think that's so smart. He's really smart as an artist and he does it in a really interesting way. And I love that level of intent and um, vision that he comes to with his art and as well with the videos and all that kind of stuff it's so interesting and so it makes for really great art and also apparently the alter ego of Jackie Dandelion is inspired by the Fontaine's DC song Jackie Down the Line so maybe there is some sort of dialogue here that is happening mm. around people who are both based in London Irish artists both based in London who are kind of uh, he I remember we had him on a couple of years ago when he was remember talking about wanting to write a song for Fontaine's DC at the time so he kind of just wrote his own version of that as well so Andrea what do you think of this album? Yeah, I, I think I might fall somewhere in the middle of the two of you. I, I really, really like it. I think there's such an authenticity to him. He doesn't seem like he would ever write a song without meaning it with his whole chest. And whether that's using characters or whether he's being a little bit more upfront, I think there's always something very, very authentic running through his motivations behind making music. I agree with you, Niall, that I like I think Town's Dead was you know, it was partly a timing thing as well. Like we we were still dealing with lockdowns. Like I think about that amazing performance that he did of that song in an MG Olympia theatre and just how, how much that spoke to town being dead quite, quite literally because of lockdowns, but also uh, being dead because of shutdowns of spaces to listen to music and enjoy music. So I, for me, maybe it didn't hit as much as Town's Dead did for that reason that like that was... It's it's probably not fair to compare it to that because that was kind of just a lightning in the bottle moment, right time, right place, right sentiment. And you're right, this is a, a bit more contemplative, maybe. But I just think he's he's a real sort of like his, the the beats that he uses, the characters he uses, how he plays with the production. You know, bringing in the the you know, somebody talking about the in-flight entertainment. He's he's always had a real sense of place in his music. And I think that it's a really interesting thing to kind of explore place through his displacement um, and explore Irishness from a different angle. We've, we, we sort of really got it on like the microscopic scale working in a deli. And then we broaden it out to Town's Dead and kind of the Irish experience in Ireland. And then we broaden it once more to the Irish experience in London. And I like that trajectory. And I think he deals with that trajectory really, really well, while still kind of maintaining his own voice, his own idiosyncrasies, his own humor. Like there's a lot of humor on this album. But again, like that closing track, it it it, it it does a lot of work to kind of bring you back to the fact that while there's humor and while there's like really cool beats and stuff on this album, this is an album that has a lot of heart. And this is an album that comes from a very, very personal place. And that closing track does a great job of like really hitting home. And I can imagine for people, I'm not personally someone who's ever emigrated, but I have, you know, a, a brother who's been living in London for God, like 15 years or something now. And he, he kind of talks about experiences that I can, here in this record, you know, so I can imagine it hits home for a lot of people. I wouldn't be surprised if it if, if it did it, to be honest. I think it's one of the ones that I could see winning 
you know, it's yeah. it kind of in, in, in my second tier predictions, you know, I've got my first tier predictions, which are CMAT and, and somebody else. And then my second tier predictions, he's he's in this. So wouldn't be surprised at all if he snatched it. But strong record, didn't love it as much as Town's Dead, but still, but loved it for different reasons than I like Town's Dead. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he's settled into a groove of creativity that really suits him and therefore maybe because of that it's less of a, a bigger statement but maybe ultimately this will allow him to, like I said, not relying on a label and doing these things all independently. You have no doubt that he can continue to make albums like this in this vein and they'll be at the very least really good and well thought out and constructed and, you know, there's some there's some thought behind it and I think you're right there that... He doesn't do anything without a statement of intent or authenticity, and I don't think he'll make an album for the sake of it. Mm. Um, so for that reason alone, I think it's great to have this Kojak album here and previously nominated for his other two releases uh, in 2021 for Town's Dead and 2018, I think, for Daddy Daydreams, the mixtape, which uh, at that year, the rules were changed to kind of allow that mm-hmm. um, mixtape to be included as well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we'll move on because we are, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> uh, our next album is from Lankham and it is called False Lankham, the fourth album from Ireland's leading doom folk trad band. Let's have a listen to The New York Trader.
that's a banger and it's hard to turn down. That was uh, the New York Trader from Lancome's album Foss Lancome. Um, it's got the it's got the room going here anyway. Um, so one of I counted actually because I was interested. One of two bangers. A slow banger is Go Dig My Grave, but there's two absolute hoedown bangers yeah. on this one for Falls Lancome. Clearly a very big front runner in this race as well. I think in terms of the reaction to this record has been insane. It's been lauded critically absolutely everywhere from the quietest to stereo gum to whatever. It's it's absolutely been called folks okay computer. It's been compared to Godspeed you back emperor, Scott Walker. There's a lot going on here. This this is a band on the cusp of a of a wave. They're writing first of all what we mentioned the uh, kind of trad and folk renewal here in Ireland which is very prominent at the moment but also they're doing something else which has caught the imagination that's not why people are interested in this band internationally necessarily it's because they're creating such great music Mm. you've got the likes of Go Dig My Grave this deep swelling drone kind of music that comes in some drawing in from metal and and you know it's such a deep valley of of weird doomy folk music that you're like these guys are doing what John Francis Flynn uh, is doing on a quieter more intricate level but Mm -hmm. on this massive gargantuan really almost theatrical uh, level as well and obviously they have previously won this award with the Live Long Day for my money this is a this is their best album so far so it has every right to win it I think Sophia what's your thoughts Oh, it's a banger. <laughs> Start to finish. I I because to be honest, I actually wasn't too familiar with Lancome until fairly recently. Oh. I, I don't know how I kind of missed them off my radar. I'm more of a pop girly, so I think that's what they just kind of moved past me. But yeah, I I, I saw the, the coverage of this beforehand and I was like, what's going on? Mm. <laughs> Why is everyone picking up on this? Uh, I didn't. I was like, that's very strange. I've heard of the name before and I didn't really think I was like oh that's insane then I listened to it and I I was taken on this magical tour of every folkloric corner of Ireland in this amazing cinematic soundtrack that I think would get anyone's again their blood going Mm. they absolutely go for it in this album I, I really think it's so strong it's the energy on it is immaculate like they just they time everything very very well the production on it is very very smooth as well again i think they are slightly leading the battle of the trad Mm. in in the case of of this lineup of musicians it's a tome it's it's such a it's quite a long album as well coming in i think like an hour 10 so you think you're kind of at the end of it halfway through and then it all kicks off again so yeah it, it definitely is in my top three, but it, it just blew me away. Mm. Andrea, you have anything to add? So I I do album reviews from time to time on Arena on RTE and I sort of set and it's the only time where there's a rating um because I don't I don't generally like to give ratings as a music journalist that's strange but I don't uh, so I set myself one a year one five stars a year one five out of five and last year Lancome was my one it, this album oh God I mean so I was I was a choice judge the year that Lancome one for their first album and I really went to bat for that album in the room I absolutely loved it and I was delighted that they won it and 
So I felt a real connection with that album. And then when the second album came out again, like CMAT, I, I was like, oh God, what if it's not, what if it doesn't hit me as much? It, it, was, it wasn't that I was worried that it wasn't going to be as good. It was more like, will this album connect with me? as much as that first one did, because I'd spent, you, you, both of you know yourself, how much time you spend with the albums when you're judging the choice prize. I spent all this time with it. But then as soon, like my first listen, I got to the end of it and I was like, they've done it again. You know, just like raising the bar and doing it flawlessly. <laughs> just, just incredible. It, this is, I think it's their second masterpiece in a row. It is I can't even like put into words, you know, what it is that they're doing. They are so connected with like the soil of Irish music, but they are moving it forward in a way that just to to, to anyone, you know, 10 years ago would have felt impossible. And this isn't an album which I think the John Francis Flynn album might be a little bit more. The John Francis Flynn album might appeal more to Irish people, the Irish diaspora, diaspora. I never actually know how to pronounce that. So it's a word I see written more, more than heard spoken, but um, <laughs> to Irish people around the world. Whereas with Lancome, like there's, there's so much else going on that draws people in. People who have no connection to this country, people who've been listening to metal music their entire lives are like, like I've seen this, this album being discussed on like metal forums on Reddit and like people just like really, really connecting with it. And there is something like about like the base humanity and survival and perseverance on, on on this record that I think shines through so beautifully, they're all uh, as well, you know, masters of their of their instruments and of their forms and of the kind of Irish traditional form, and they're a great example of artists who really understand the rules that they are breaking. So in order to go and experiment and break these rules, they really have to have a mastery of them, and they've got this amazing kind of, you know, very kind of natural in inclinations and knowledge about when to lean forward and when to pull back. It's such a dynamic album. And I think, you know, I was talking, the first album we talked about was the Green Chatton one. And, and my complaint about that is that there's, you know, there's almost no dynamic in it. And that's something I respond to a lot in, in music is having like big changes and kind of being brought on an emotional journey through the dynamics. And this album will, will grab you by the hair and throw you around the room. Like it is, it is such a, it's such a force. Like you, you feel it in your body, you feel it in your chest. Like this is for me, it's C-Matt and Lancome. Like there's no, uh, like it's the, the, these are my two front runners. I don't mind which of them it is, but these are the ones that to me are, like a head above the rest and for very, very different reasons, very, very different albums, but both artists at, at the absolute top of their game. So yeah, I love this album. Well, if Lancome is opening portals, perhaps Rachel Lavelle is creating some portals mm. with her album, Big Dreams. This is the Irish singer-songwriter's debut album. Let's hear a bit of a song, the title track called Big Dreams. comedy I left for the bus there was nothing new to me I have a lot of feelings how strange to 
be living in The bodies change, the face, the skin You used to be an architect of beauty So tell me when we'll meet again That was Rachel Avell with Big Dreams um, from the album Big Dreams. Um, a very avant pop kind of experimental album that uses the Dear Nivreen, the voice of the Lewis transport system in Dublin as this kind of inner monologue, inner kind of, what's the word? Inner monologue, I think works. Yeah, yeah somebody who is your uh, inner critic almost, your your person who's uh, responding, talking to yourself. It's an album that's writ large with a lot of, Really beautiful tone, really beautiful music. And Rachel Lavelle's voice is incredibly like resonant for me. <laughs> like we said before, that closing song is uh, one of my favourite of uh, last year. I, I, I came for the comedy, I left for the bus. It's a beautiful album. It's got such rich instrumentation to it. It does feel like it's very... Like it's grand gestures, it's romantic, it's it's modern, it's talking about chicken fillet rolls and like modern dating, but also here's somebody who's yearning for like solace in a in a bath or like a cold pint or just somebody who's trying to stave off loneliness and, and connect with people. And it's a very daydreamy, lovely album. This is this was, I mean, in my list last year, like Rachel Lavelle's Big Dreams one of my second favourite Irish album of last year after uh, Lancome was number one and then John Francis Flynn was number three so it's up there for me mm. what about you guys yeah I think it's it's such a deserving record of of the nomination I I did see a little bit of hype around her when when it was announced that her debut album was coming out and yeah her voice is just so unique she actually reminds me of Maya Sophia mm. who definitely deserves a shout out as well for her her album True Love last year. Uh, they're very similar kind of ways of songwriting and how they talk about modern life uh, mixed in with different kind of ethereal themes as well. Yeah, I, I think it, the, the only thing that kind of caught me off guard with this was the experimental side of it didn't really match up to the beauty side of it. Like there were some parts of it that really slightly came off off beat or off rhythm and it, it kind of took me out of it a little bit I was I was again caught in the the dream state of it and then sometimes there would be moments where I would be taken out of it sometimes the Lewis woman took me out <laughs> of it because I would slightly wake up and think I was back on the Lewis and had to get off uh, at Stephen's Green but yeah no it's it is I think for her debut it's it's very much setting the base of what she can go and do in the future and hopefully kind of meld the experimental avant-garde pop together a little bit more cohesively. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm, again, some somewhere in, in between both of you. I actually love the experimental stuff and the my favourite parts on this record are her spoken word 
tracks uh, or, you know, like when she's delivering a spoken word piece, like on uh, let, let Me Unlock Your Full Potential or on Travel Size. I just think that her speaking voice, I saw her in an interview say that somebody said to her before that she speaks in the same tone as other people yawn. And, <laughs> and I think that's so interesting because she does have a very arresting calming but in that nearly sort of like nearly unsettling way of delivering lines like on let me unlock your full potential and and and, and travel size and elsewhere her singing voice is so beautiful and her speaking voice is so you know kind of strange when she when she's delivering it in that way but still has a lot of beauty in it i think this i i, I think her best album is coming like this is her debut and I know that that's probably not very fair to say, like to judge her against something that she hasn't made yet. But this album, I do, I really, really, really like it. I love it actually. Um, and I've listened to it a lot, but there there's moments on it that really do shine through for me more so than than other bits or other decisions that she's making. And I would love her to lean a bit more into that kind of, like we were talking about uh, Laurie Anderson last week. And I said that Rachel Lavelle's kind of spoken word delivery reminds me a little bit of something that you'd hear like adjacent to big science. And, and I'd actually love to hear more of that from her, even though I think her singing voice is so beautiful, but I think with Rachel Lavelle, the best is yet to come, but I think that like absolutely deserving of of the of the nomination wouldn't be mad at all if she won it would be kind of pleasantly surprised if she did it. And I think that she deserves I don't know how much this has been picked up elsewhere, actually. Um, I think she got a review in The Guardian. I think she got a, a positive review in The Guardian, but I might be wrong. But this is an album that doesn't feel necessarily very rooted in Ireland. This is something that feels like it can be, even though we have the Lewis and everything on it, um, and we have, you know, the 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 nods to chicken fillet rolls and pints and 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 things like that. It does feel like something that could be that could work very well for like a wider audience. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rachel Lavelle goes on to be absolutely huge. So yeah, this is kind of in my middle section of albums, but I do really yeah. like it. I think it's fair to say probably she has a, a better album in her, but it's very, very strong. And I think mm. her, it's interesting you say about her spoken stuff. I think her voice is so interesting. She has one of the most interesting voices mm. uh, going. And I would, I, it is that thing. I would just, she could do anything with her voice and I would be happy listening to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from Big Dreams to Dream Big, <laughs> the Soda Blonde, to Dream Big, the Soda Bond album, uh, second album from the Dublin Old Pop Band. Let's play a bit of Midnight Show. Everything is changing, but I don't grow. Tell me some if you know. Never mind, I have a midnight show. Red sky at night, I drift through the moors. I see a young man, I like how he moves. Speak his language, but that is fine. I'm not understood nearly all of the time. Yeah, that's Soda Blonde uh, with Midnight Show from Dream Big. So yeah, that is their second album. A very positive, lovely, synthy, poppy, alt-pop 
album, a band who are really good songwriters and kind of trying to encapsulate their existence of growing older as a band who were also previously four members were obviously Little Green Cars and so they've kind of continued in this slightly more <coughs> synthy alt-pop vein and this is a very solid record for me. I think they're a really good band. I can see it winning myself but what do you guys think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very like strong pop album. And it really, it kind of reminded a little bit of Kylie Minogue and the whole Sophie Ellis Baxter renaissance, uh, <laughs> which is happening recently. It kind of fits into that vein mm, of yeah. disco-y, slightly synthy, maybe 80s, 90s influences that kind of emerge as like modern, as modern pop. I think the only thing is, it, it, it could. I feel like the production could have been more lush. There could have been a little bit more given there. Sometimes I found there was a kind of, they would try and get to a crescendo, try and get to a peak, and it just wouldn't quite get there. So I, I, it was, I was just there kind of rooting for it the entire time, mm. and it didn't quite get to the levels that I, I would want. So there's lacking a little depth there. But I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's... I think it's kind of a kind of a refreshing album amongst all amongst the battle of the trad amongst the other kind of indie kind of alty bits that we have. We kind of have Soda Blonde fighting it out with with Seaman on the pop front, mm. but yeah, I I definitely think they they deserve to be here, but I don't I don't think they'll 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 grab it. Okay, Andre, what do you feel about Soda Blonde Dream Big? I'm a really big fan of Soda Blonde. I really loved the the first album. And yeah, I agree. I think the the kind of the shimmering gleam of this album is, is really refreshing on this list. I mean, CMAT, obviously, international pop star, but not not a very pop record in terms of like, if we're thinking about the the influences of like Kylie Minogue, Sophie Ellis Baxter, kind of the queens of pop. This is much more within that vein. And I like what they do, what, what they're doing with that very kind of shimmering, gleaming pop sound mixed with lyrics that are quite contemplative and ad- addressing get, getting a bit older. And, and I don't think they're too, um, I think it'd be very easy to kind of lean into like, oh, we were once a different band and now we're this band. And and it's, they kind of don't, don't do that at all. Um, it's very personal. I agree, Sophia, that the, that there are moments that I kind of want a big, I, I, I kind of want to be shaken by, by the songs and it doesn't really hit. And I don't think that's necessarily the songwriting. I think that's, that's the production. I think that maybe just a few more kind of, big, big moments that really hit home would have been great for this album. I don't think it's going to win it, but I'm really happy to see it here. I think, you know, Faye's voice is is so captivating and it just seems to be getting yeah. better and better over the years and more arresting and more captivating. And I just, I love this sound for them. I love this sound for her voice. I think it's a very well, it's a well sequenced album as well. It does kind of bring you on a little bit of a pop journey. But yeah, like I said, I don't think it will do it. But happy that it's here representing the pop girlies. <laughs> Great. OK, that's Soda Blonde Dream Big. We have three albums left. Our first one is The Murder Capital's Gigi's Recovery. And this is a song called The Stars Will Leave Their Stage. Promising to collide Well, I'm casting myself aside 
So GG's Recovery, Murder Capital, the band who kind of started out as kind of very much post-punky, indebted band who very much a live offering. Somewhat softened for album two, have a very different kind of vibe going on here. There's a bit of a Britpop style here sometimes. Uh, Radiohead, a bit more obvious in terms of an influence perhaps. Uh, yeah, John Congleton produced the album. It's a very well-produced record. It shows a brighter sound to the band. They wouldn't be my personal favorite band. I do like some of what they do, for sure. And actually, I've, I haven't seen them live for a while, so I'd like to see them again. But on this record, yeah, I think it's a it's a solid, lovely. There's some lovely stuff going on here. It's not totally for me, mm. and is it for anyone here? Sophia, silence. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I I really enjoyed this album. I I actually preferred it to the first album. I yeah. know the first album was a little bit more grittier, a little bit more slap in the face production and and sonically it was a little bit more rough around the edges. But yeah, I actually, because I, I listened to this when it first came out and then re-listened to it obviously recently uh, and I, I was surprised about how radio friendly some of the stuff actually was. Like Return My Head mm. is has very kind of formulaic sound to it in terms of how it goes along. But again, quite catchy. I really enjoyed it, but I don't know if they're doing something different enough to warrant the win. I think they're, the direction that they're going in in terms of like melding the rock and the punk and the post-punk together is is definitely the right vein for them. But I, I don't think there was enough kind of catch me by catch me by the hands moments um on the album. But they're like, I think some of the, tracks that they have are incredibly poetic um i think there's some really contemplative reflective sentiments in there which i really appreciate sometimes in in rock i um i don't know if if that's if anyone else agrees with me but sometimes when a rock album just goes rock 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 the entire time you enjoy it but you kind of are left with no thoughts whereas with this year you're very much thinking about it way after you've listened to Mm -hmm. it but yeah when the when the energy dips the poeticness kind of comes to seep in a bit, um, which I which I really really enjoyed, um, but I don't know if they're doing enough different things, enough new things to kind of really kind of get me to support to put my support behind them. Mm-hmm. I I reviewed this album last year, so I spent more time with it than I probably would have otherwise, and I remember "Return My Head" being the song that I was like oh, thank God this song is here because there's melody here. There's that this is kind of the sound of a band that I could really get on board with. And then returning to the album um, over the past kind of week or so, I, I kind of just found it. I found myself, I was able to, if when I tried, find things that I like. But is that... Is that what you want from an album? Like, do you do do you want to only discover things that you like about an album when you when you are really sitting down and thinking about it and pouring over the lyrics and so on? And I agree. I think the lyrics on this album are quite strong. I think there's there's kind of interesting conversations around masculinity, and I think doing that on a rock record is is particularly kind of interesting and and you know kind of reflective of 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 something within the rock genre. Obviously, this band kind of when they started out, 
they were a bit of a footnote to the success of Fontaine's DC. And I think the second album has kind of moved them away from that a little bit. And they very much seem to have their own support base. People really, really like this band. Uh, They have had some success in the UK as well. Uh, It's... It's not for me. I, I I know that it's not for me. And this is a style of music that I like. And you wouldn't think it from how I'm talking about both this band and, and Fontaine's DC. But it's, it, it is a, like I, I'm on board with their influences. I'm on board with what it is that they're trying to do. But for me, there's not enough. There's not enough songs on the record that do successfully what it is I think their vision is. So it's I, I, I mean, I don't I don't think they'll win. And I would be surprised if they did, just given like the quality of some of the other albums on on this. I agree, Sophia, that they are moving in the right direction, though. And like I, I will definitely listen to the next album that they put out to kind of see, do they keep following the line that I really want them to go down? But for me, this was it, it was too much hard work to like it, you know, mm. They're a band who are still quite young as well. And they are. And, and they again, propelled very quickly into a touring schedule that uh, because they had a good agent and all that kind of stuff, international agent. So getting a lot of opportunities and getting a chance to grow their fan base for sure. But yeah, I think it, it I it's not one I want to return to an awful lot. It's I do think it's commendable for its lyrics and definitely more variation in, in the music. But for me, it's just not totally my 100% in my preview vibe. So, okay. Our second last album is from The Scratch. It's called Mind Yourself. And here is a song called Blackguard. So that is Blagger. The Scratches of Mind Yourself is produced by James Vincent Morrow, a man who has a, a punch hunt for heavy tunes himself. They are a trad folk metal-y band who have done have a huge reputation in terms of live show. And I think many in many ways they capture that on this album really well. And but also there's a lot of nuance here as well. There's songs like Trom 2, A Slip on the Wind. There's a kind of an autobiographical folk song called Shoes, which is an, a nice contrast to the kind of dueling Tin Lizzy-esque guitars here. So a band of two different shades for sure here. So what do you guys think of Mind Yourself? I think it's the the biggest dark horse that could just snatch it from everyone else. I I've held my hands up as a bad music journalist and I'd never heard of this before. <laughs> uh, it got nominated. So I was completely blind to to them and, and their music beforehand. And 
I sat down and listened to this and my socks were blown off. My shoes for the fun <laughs> were also blown off. Uh, so I I think that I if I was in the room and I had to root for something that, that maybe didn't have as much support as kind of the more quote unquote popular albums, I would be pushing the scratch. I think technically the they are incredibly talented on all of the different instruments that they use the baron again my blood gets going a lot during these albums <laughs> but it really it really just hits a kind of irish nostalgic fight for your land nerve in in my system they are just it's just pure rock metally goodness definitely an album that you could just put on again and again and again and i think yeah like you were saying about the them being capturing kind of this live essence that they that they have it makes me want to go see them it mm-hmm. makes me want to get myself and um, in the pit of a scratches gig and and really kind of throw myself around as they as they batter a bower on on stage but yeah i think that there's like an emotional core to this like shoes is is very meaningful i i really enjoyed that kind of you know mirrored side of it the other the other side of the sword there were moments where it, it did kind of fall apart ever so slightly the cohesiveness just kind of slipped away mm-hmm. I like purely because of the pure energy and adrenaline I'm sure that was kind of pushing the track forward so that's where it kind of falls down slightly but I I really do think if there was a dark horse to come up like three furlongs from the end just mm. absolutely to bang straight through I think the scratch could do it I would mm. love to see the scratch at Lancome just fight and see who wins <laughs> <laughs> the, you mentioned the bear on there it's actually they've gone one step further and uh, made it a cajon um, so the box they sit on and actually they sit down and they play seated a lot of the time although I think I feel like that's kind of less their vibe these days because it's getting louder mm. and their music is getting louder but they do generally uh, <clears throat> at least two or three of them sit down at some points that's what they started at kind of very much more folky metal but now it's kind of going full full back into full metal again mm. and uh, they sometimes bring out their mate to uh, I think often they bring out their their pal to do some Irish dancing as well so uh, nice. it's rowdy it's a rowdy show and this is a rowdy album to follow on from Couldn't Give a Rat's their 2020 album which of course the scratch really came to prominence from the lockdown sessions mm. that they were doing at the time and that's where they really made their name so they have really now developed into a fully fledged touring and and recording band and that's great to see. Andrea, what do you think? Yeah, I I I have a real soft spot in my heart for the scratch. Um I remember couldn't give a rats being a kind of a a real lift during lockdown. I think I reviewed it at the time and I watched a number, maybe two of their sort of like lockdown Zoom things. So I have a real soft spot for them. I was a little bit surprised it was nominated, not because I don't like the album, uh, I really do, but I feel like the Scratch have a reputation for being kind of, they have more of a reputation of being kind of like gas lads rather than being, I don't know, a part a part of me thinks that after the first record, they weren't taken as seriously as I would have liked to see them be taken. I think the Mary Wallopers kind of uh, have a similar conversations around them. Like they, these are excellent musicians, but they also happen to be absolutely gas lads. 
So I was yeah. pleasantly surprised to see it nominated. And because I think there's there's brilliant musicianship on this. And, you know, they're not doing the same thing as Lancome. And they're not doing the same thing as, as I nearly said James Vincent McMorrow, as John Francis Flynn. We've too many double barrels <laughs> these days. <laughs> but yeah, they're not doing the same thing. They are doing something different. This is much heavier. And I... I actually prefer this to the first album, even though I really liked the first album. I prefer this. I love the heaviness to it. I agree. It's not it's not yet quite there for me in terms of like an album of the year. I would love to see them get even heavier in the future, but pleasantly surprised that it's there. I, I, I like the idea of it being the dark horse, actually. I hadn't really thought about that before. But now that you mention it, Sophia, I'm like, yeah, actually, I could... I could I could see in the room there being a lot of fans of this album and I could see very decent cases being made for it winning. But I don't know. I don't know if it can snatch it because it's part of the Battle of the Trads, you know, and it's it's tough. It's an interesting list, like, my God, but enjoy this album a lot. Don't find myself listening to it a lot. But when it came over the past week or so to, you know, returning to these albums, when I put this on, I was like, ah, yeah, this is... I'm enjoying this. Very enjoyable, very live sounding, very rowdy, uh, as you said, Niall. Yeah, great stuff. Lovely, lovely. Okay, that's the scratch, mind yourself. Our final album is Ezra Williams, the Cork singer-songwriter. Not a lot of representation outside of Dublin, actually, on this list, Mm. really. So nice to see Cork artist Ezra Williams and the album's called Super Numeries. This is a song called Deep Rooted. I didn't notice till you pointed it out I felt my brain turn and fold And then it was all I could think about I like your skin It's just not mine If I can't let you in Am I wasting both of our time? If it's what I dream I want Why can't I let myself have it? If it's what I dream I need Why can't I let myself feel it? If it's what I dream I want So that is uh, Ezra Williams, uh, formerly known as Smooth Boy Ezra, and the debut album is called Super Numeries. I have to say I'm surprised that this was on the list. I think it's a solid debut album, but very much, I don't think it quite matches. There's a lot of, there's better records on it. Not to say it's a bad record. I just think it's, uh, it definitely feels like somebody's first record and uh, a very competent one of that. But certainly one I was surprised to see on the list and uh, well, seemingly has a lot of a lot of fans and a decent fan base as well. And yeah, an interesting one, an interesting addition. So that's why it makes me think, ooh, these judges could surprise us mm. as well. What are you guys? Yeah, I was really surprised to see Ezra on the list, um, to be honest. I, I knew them from their, their smooth boy Ezra days and I think they they have developed like significantly in their sound. It's... It, they're riding a lot, I think, on the kind of bedroom pop wave that we saw uh, a couple of years ago, such as Claro and Babadoobie, very similar sounds. And I think they're all kind of graduating past that era um, of music that they that they all kind of made together. But I know, I think uh, Ezra's has collaborated with uh, Sammy Copley I think on this album mm. as well so uh, it's kind of nice to see that different 
side of music being represented. I, I did like that that they are included on this list and kind of amongst the giants in a mm. way. Um, Ezra's there kind of be like, hi. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, yeah, like you were saying, it, it does sound like a debut album. It it kind of deals with a lot of themes that you would you would uh, expect in, in on a debut album as well, such as like old loves and new loves and kind of discovering yourself. Yeah, I think there's just there's a lot of room for even more development, but it is lovely to see to see um to see them on the list. Yeah, this is the only album by an artist who I had never heard of before on on this list. And I'm so happy that there's some representation for bedroom pop because when that sort of explosion happened, I was like, yes, a genre for me. Like I was just I was so happy. And yeah, I hear a lot of um Soccer Mommy on this. I hear a lot of Biba Doobie. Like these are artists that I really, really love. And yeah, Ezra, like a real outlier on this list. There's no other album that is like this album on the list, kind of tonally or in terms of genre. So really delighted to see them there and to see it, or to just kind of discover their music through the choice prize, which hasn't happened to me in a long time. I think this is lovely. I, I think this is a really, really, really lovely album. I like that it sounds like a first album. I have a real soft spot in my heart for debut albums. Most of my favourite albums of all time tend to be debut albums because there is something about the the sort of reflection and and the coming of ageness and how raw you get to be on your debut that you might not necessarily get to be on later albums. There's a lot of kind of growing up and reflection that is on this album. Ezra's voice is beautiful and you know, production wise, I think it's 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 interesting but still soft. It's yeah, I just I I really really like it. I've I've listened to it a few times. You know, it would be the surprise of the century, I think, if this album won. But I'm really really happy to see a kind of a a bedroom pop artist from Ireland on on the choice prize list with it. Like you know, in 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 a year of a, a lot of darkness, um, a lot of you know ancient fear and anger and you know <laughs> like the the soil of the country and it's just a really really pleasant lovely lo- lovely album so yeah delighted about it being included okay so that is our 10 albums we've discussed in full green chat and cmat john francis finn kojak lankham rachel lavelle soda blonde murder capital the scratch and ezra williams so <coughs> finally who we think who we think is going to win this? Who's who we think is the final, the top three? <sighs> who do you think is going to win it? Who you who do you want to win it? And who do you think is going to win it? I go I go first. Yeah, you go first. I think that okay. I think Lancome should win it because it's the best album here. So so is that um, the who you want to win it or who you think will win it? That's who I want to win. Okay. But I also think they will win. Okay. <laughs> but if I wasn't saying that I, uh, to include somebody else, C-Matt has a really strong choice. I saw, uh, C-Matt and Kojak are, would be two and three for me. Okay. As in. But my personal favorite, Lancome, but also that ties with my who I think should win. Okay. Sophia, I I have to hide my like CMAT merch, <laughs> hide hide my CMAT t-shirt, hide my CMAT poster and LP. Just uh, be like, um, I don't think. Yeah, I I want CMAT to win, 
desperately I just love her so much this is has turned into a CMAT fan club podcast um, and I hope you all tune in to the next you episode. can tune in but, to the first uh, episode I, of Sophia Mai's podcast about CMAT next week yeah and it's just <laughs> us trying to get CMAT on the podcast yeah. <laughs> and then it ends when she's on yeah, exactly <laughs> I I think I really want CMAT to win it and I really want Kojak to win it I think Lancome will win it I I, I really think it, like just the sheer cinematic theatrical nature of it I think it really because something that we said as judges um when I was judging was what album kind of encapsulates 2023 Mm. what is the what is the one that you like you think of 2023 what is the music attached to that year and I really think Lancome have done it I just even the coverage of them internationally has been amazing the fact that you know this is album number four and they're still releasing absolute bangers they've really just they're a, a hair up, uh, above the rest um but i think that hair is is pretty it's pretty big mm. yeah i think they're gonna do it for okay. me i i want cmat to win and i think lancome will win but the the difference between the want like is it, it, it's so small like i will not be disappointed if lancome win <laughs> that cmat didn't win but in my heart of hearts, if I think of last year, if I think of last year in Irish music, it's CMAT for me. So yeah, want CMAT to win, think Lancome will win. And if and when they do, thoroughly deserved. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty unanimous, uh, but still an interesting discussion to have about 10 prominent Irish albums that were nominated for the Choice Music Prize this year. Uh, Sophia, thanks for coming on the pod yeah. and talking about these 10 albums. Uh, Thank uh, you so much for having length. me. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug or Where can we follow you? Where can that, we read uh, your stuff? Where can you follow you? You can follow me at the most annoying Instagram handle. It's my name without any vowels. So S P H M C D N L D N L D. Why I chose it, I do not know, and I hope Mark Zuckerberg will let me change it. But yes, I'm on the different uh, publications where you can check out my work. Uh, I'm also on Dublin Digital Radio once a month, tier in a rogue every third Thursday from one to two p.m. So you can catch me on your lunchtime listens and that's up on the mix cloud as well where i just throw a little dj set to get together usually for the pop girlies but i try and be inclusive as well lovely very good very good we'll put your links in the show notes of course as well but thank you and hopefully we'll have you back at some point as yeah. well to talk about something else not the choice but in the meantime see matt's next album uh, thank you very much yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll get Ew. you on my cmat podcast exactly yeah. <laughs> we just need to figure out the name for what the cmat co- podcast is <laughs> we need a fun pun yeah so podcast is not a nine for all suggestions thanks uh, okay <laughs> thanks sophia thank you so much So that was our chat with Sophia McDonald about the Irish Albums of the Year as nominating the Choice Music Prize. The winner is announced on March 7th in the live uh, show and broadcast as well 
uh, as a TV package later on as well. Uh, yeah, broadcast on RT2FM in a special four-hour extended show from 7 till 11 on the night. So, look, there's lots happening. I think the choice prize for us and for me especially is an opportunity in which to reconsider and, and revisit the stuff that we kind of put to bed in a way mm. in, at the end of the year. I think the live stuff is really always the interesting and that's what people, you know, flock to for this year. The performers are John Francis Flynn, Kojak Lankham, Rachel Lavelle, Murder Capital, Soda Blonde, Ezra Williams, Scratcher Unable to Perform on the Night due to Turn Commitments and uh, see Matt and Green chatting have yet to confirm their attendance or performance. That's what I wrote back in January. So hopefully maybe there's a moment they will be at it. Maybe not. But uh, if not, uh, there's a fine lineup of Irish music there to enjoy. As I said, tickets are sold out, but you can always get a ticket if you want one. If you know, looking mm-hmm. in the right places. I mean, legitimate places, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, go looking in legitimate places for tickets. But yeah. Bag uh, borrow but Thanks steel. to Sophia. Yeah, it's always hard to keep that kind of podcast chat about Choice Music Prize to a minimum time, but it's impossible, really. But look, always interesting to discuss. And if anything, the real winner, again, is music. And Irish music, music, because it's doing really well. Congratulations, music. You did it again. (laughs) (sighs) Who'd have thought? Can you believe it? (laughs) All right, that's it from us on this week's podcast. Yeah, anything else you'd like to add? Any advice you'd like to give? Any advice I'd like to give to judges or uh, people? The world, the judges, Um, life. Look after yourselves, look after each other. And isn't that a perfect way to leave it? All right. (laughs) We're the Positive Music Podcast. Uh, We're Nile or Nine Podcast. Oh, and special thanks to Georgia for editing the pod. Love you, Georgia. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.